ragazzi, and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down. I think we're starting now. The uh, My browser didn't want to play all that wonderful video clip that Richard put together. Anyway, I'm Frank Cravello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing on this Sunday evening, early evening? Yeah, yeah. We figured we'd get a head start. Selfish reasons. I want to watch the Steelers play tonight. So, uh, and uh, and I'm sure uh, I don't. Do, I'm sure the Braves are playing. Um, or and uh, you've got uh, so you've got some serious business to attend to. By the way, congratulations on your Braves. Um, Cheers. They, they Cheers. they're hitting they're hitting the baseball this time of year. Uh, my Brewers did not. Uh, so, uh, congratulations on winning the, uh, winning the, uh, uh, uh series, uh, Della Seria sit down. Uh, <laughs> we're still on good friend. terms. So no, we're not looking for another co-host. <laughs> nope. It's what it is. It's what it is. Brewers don't know how to hit. I don't know what to do for them. So, yeah. uh, but they came, the bats came alive actually in game four. It just, it was just some really, really interesting pitching decisions, mm-hmm. uh, but what are you gonna what are you gonna do? Let's let's talk some Serie A. Let's let's get into that because we had ourselves another uh, wonderful weekend. I see you're drinking the spotted cow. I am, I am. You know, I got no hard feelings, so we're drinking some spotted cow to make you give you some love. Uh, but yeah, no, drinking spotted cow, it's good. Uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll have two tonight. Who knows? We'll see how the. I um, I'm I, I'm drinking some as well out of my Serie A sit down tumbler. So, um, which you can get from our good friends at teespring.com. Did our wives coordinate our shirts too? Uh, what's going on here? I, this was the only one I had that was clean. So this is what I, I this is what I threw on. So it's what it's what it is. But uh, well, Richard, we had a uh, we had we City Hall returns after the international break um, with uh, two marquee games. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into uh, the rest of what took place on match week eight. We will also. Uh, dive into the uh, European games, uh, get some previews going there for everybody, and finish off with the world's most famous ha- famous hashtag game. Who won Calcio Twitter? Um, before we jump into anything, everything, a uh, quick word on Italy, Richard. Um, the unbeaten run ends at 37 matches uh, in a defeat to Spain in the semifinals of the Nation League by two goals to one. Um, I mean, I can sum that game up pretty simply. Uh, that was a carbon copy of the semifinal of Euro 2020 complete with, although this time Spain finished, um, and in particular, uh, Oyathabal with two brilliant crosses, uh, you know, that were pinpoint. We can probably on the first one, on the first Ferran Torres goal, we can probably nitpick and say that Bastoni, could have been touched tight on Torres. Emerson could have gotten over there, but that was a perfect cross, uh, you know. And then the game got down to ten men, um, and uh, another nicely measured cross from Oriathabal to Torres, and those did Italy in, and um, they uh, they take the defeat. They finish third overall in the Nations League. But thoughts on what you saw with Italy over the break? Yeah, um, obviously the Belgium game was much better. A much better result. It's easier to judge a team when it's 11 versus 11 than 10 versus 11. Um, I think that red card really hurt uh, the Azzurri. Um, had Benucci not gotten that second red card, or the red card, I should say, it could have been an interesting game, and who knows how it would have gone. Obviously, Spain came to play, uh, and they're a very dangerous team. We've, we've, we know this. Uh, but going down to 10 men against a team that possesses the ball and can play like Spain does was never going to be a good recipe. And as soon as that red card happened, I knew it was game over. There's no chance... Yes, Azuri, you know, made it made it uh, a game at the end, but 
um, it's still too much. It's, it's for a team of that caliber, you're never going to do well. Now, obviously, the game against Belgium is a different story, and uh, you know, despite what you want to call it, uh, a super friendly or whatever for the third place game, uh, they came. They showed why they are one of the they won Euros, one of the best teams in the world. Um, and funny thing is, the funny joke was after the game is that Belgium's probably still be number one after that loss. But anyway, uh, yeah. good. It, it was okay. It was okay result. I'm not too disheartened. I'm glad. And many people, many people have mentioned that it's better to lose now when the games really don't matter. It's the Nation League semifinals versus the World Cup. You know, sure. That's fine. Get the loss out of the way. Now, now build on it and, and keep going with another, another new streak. So yeah, what were your thoughts on the on the break? You know, I I, I talked with uh, Martin Martino Puccio, uh from state of play pod about this. And, and uh, I, one of the things that I brought up is I said, this collection of Azuri players, I think finally got to a point where they're just playing way too many games uh, over a short period of time. I mean, they, they go and they win the euros. They don't have a whole lot of break between, you know, completing that tournament and then having to report back to their club camps, um, you know, having to play virtually every three days for club and country for over the next couple of months. And I don't want to use that as an excuse. At some point, you know, you got to you got to put your foot down and say, hey, these guys are professionals. They they know what they're getting into. They know they're going to be asked to do this. Um, but on the same time, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're talking about we're talking about human beings. We're talking about exceptional athletes. But you know, again, exceptional athletes can also only take on so much. Thibaut Courtois um, brought up the same point uh, after the game against against uh, Zuri, and he was like, "Look, UEFA, and nobody cares about us. We're playing way too many damn games. We've played how many games since you know end of July? Since all summer long? I mean, it's, it's a lot of games within a year, uh, and it's really unfair for the players. Yes, they're fit, but now you've seen all these injuries happen all over. It's because they're overplayed. So it, it goes to your point. Well, you can make the art. I mean. You can make the argument that the signs were coming after the last round of qualifiers prior to this um, uh, Nations League uh, semifinal. Um, The draw against Bulgaria. um, I'm trying to think of the other game that they drew uh, before they rotated the team and beat Lithuania, which they could have put any 11 out um, available to them and they would have beaten Lithuania. So that's, you know, that's certainly not an issue. Yeah. but I, I don't want to say that it's – I'm clearly – I'm not going to say that it went stale under Mancini because I don't think that by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but a lot of the same core of players were trusted for a lot of games between club and country, and I think that that had an impact on these players over time. So, um, you know, so for me that's – that's one of the things that you could point at. Uh, you know, at some point it's going to slip, and you even wonder these teams that win these major international tournaments. I mean, I France after they won the World Cup in 2018, qualifying for Euro 2020, they came out a little cold too. You know, yeah, so um, you know, so just just if I'm looking back at recent history, uh, so it it happens. Um, you know, it happens. So, uh, but yeah, they 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 lost the match. Oddly enough, had chances to get back into it and try to make it 2-2 against Spain. Uh, just didn't have enough, uh, you know, ran out of gas and ran out of time. Um, but it was a, uh, you know, to, to bounce back and beat Belgium, rotate the team a little bit and get a win, you know, to kind of steer this thing back on track, I think was a welcome sight. But overall, I mean, yeah. Yeah. 37 matches unbeaten. No other international team has done that. 
Um, Can't scoff at that. that. They did it for a reason. They're yep. European champions for a reason. So, yep. um, absolutely. Yeah. So, so you know, congratulations to Mancini and Italy for everything that they've accomplished up to this point. You know, you knew eventually it was going to happen, um, but now they were able, you know, and to see that they responded and bounced back with a win, even in a game that everyone, including me, said was meaningless, uh, still is something to be encouraged about. So, um, couldn't agree more. Yep. So now on to the action that took place in Serie A. And uh, let's start with the most recent game that completed Richard Juventus and Roma. Big game uh, uh, between, uh, you know, both teams needing the three points for different reasons. I mean, Juventus, just a dreadful start. This is a win that could probably validate their position as a team that's still a contender that's still in this um, and shouldn't be ignored. And Roma, the project under Jose Mourinho, boy, these three points would be really, really legit and really go a long way uh, to showing that uh, this this Roma team's here and they're for real. Yeah, and we we see the chat is lively tonight, talking about Lazio Inter. We will get to that game, but this game just happened, so it's fresh in our memories, and we're going to get it out right now. Uh, but yeah, you know, the big talk between both, you know, Lazio and Roma is that, you know, beating the Seven Sisters, right? The, those are two teams that... Um, have struggled against the, the seven sisters. And so it was, it was a big game for Roma to try to get something at Juventus. As you mentioned, this is Allegri against Mourinho. Uh, it's a big, big game. So look at the lineup. So this one first for the home team uh, for Juventus, we'll check Chesney and goal uh, as he should be. Uh, they went with a back three of Bonucci, Chiellini, and, uh, excuse me, back four of uh, Danilo, Bonucci, Chiellini, and De Chilio. Uh, you had Quadrado, Locatelli, Bentancur, and uh, up top you had Benedeschi, Chiesa, and Moise Kane leading everybody um thoughts on the lineup obviously on the horizons champions league you know and teams gotta worry about that and uh but just coming off international break uh, thoughts on the juventus lineup um the first thing that jumps jumps at you is uh the the old guard at the center of the defense uh chiellini and bonucci um go with the two season guys against pretty sophisticated attack going forward with some of the pieces that Roma that you'll get into here. Um, the two guys that have been there seeing just about everything come at them, um, I thought was a very smart selection by Allegri. Uh, the Decilio one was interesting. I think some of that might've had to do with if Alexandro was with Brazil uh, coming back late. I'm, I, 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 Somebody can confirm that for me. I didn't pay attention to Conmebol. Um, but, uh, you know, having a guy in camp to have extra days to prepare for what his role is going to be for the Roma game, because uh, he obviously was not with the national team. Um, and then, you know, filling out the rest of the team from there. Um, I thought going in, and I'm not saying this because he saved a penalty, um, contrary to what certain people that sit in the studio think, this was an important game for Wojciech Chesney. Um, considering the start that he had to the season, considering some of the mistakes that he's made and some of the points that he's cost, this was a big-time step-up game for him. Um, we've seen him do it well. We've seen him do it at a high level for Juventus, and we needed – if you're well, we, if you're a Juve supporter – Truth is coming okay, out. We <laughs> – <laughs> Look at look behind me. Look behind me. <laughs> you don't see any white and black back there. All right. Um, but um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, you know, 
if Juventus is really going to make it, they need good goalkeeping. Okay, they need the, the the core of that defense to be solid, and and Chesney can't make the blunders that he's been making. So this was a step up game for Chesney, who I th- I felt was the man of the match. The penalty save having a lot to do with that, um, you know. But as just gen- in general, organizing this defense, um, you know, and and being the being the guy behind Bonucci and Chiellini that's helping to call things out and to help to keep things organized. I thought that this was a 10 out of 10 performance from him. And then uh, the midfield had to find a way to hold up. You know, Locatelli, I think, is getting better with every game. Benton Coor, I thought, was an, was an interesting selection as well. And, you know, you've got Bernardeschi and Quadrado for the crossing to try to put some pressure uh, on the on the front. So... Yeah, I, I I overall like the lineup, and I understand the Decilio selection as a guy that you have in camp for a few extra days. That you can say, okay, I'm going to start you against Rolegi said, I'm going to start you against Roma. Let's spend these let's let's spend these training sessions understanding what your role is going to be in that game. No, no, absolutely. Now, just a disclaimer: if you see my camera go out for a minute, don't be afraid. I'm still here. Um, you know, your points about Chesney are are true. Like. He is a, he's a, he's a very good goalkeeper, but he's been struggling as of late, and he needed a big game in a big game yeah. to really help him shake those cobwebs off, really, right? And, I mean, that penalty save, which you know we'll get to, was a huge save. Um, he did everything he could possibly, and he got good hand on the ball, uh, and the rebound didn't – it went far enough wide where it didn't come right back in front of him where it would be easy shot. It's hard shot for, for Mancini to try to get the rebound, and it went wide, obviously, so – Great performance by him. I thought uh, good performance overall. But the, the lineup in, in, in general for Juventus, I thought it was interesting. Um, it was good. It was standard. Bernadeschi, you know, many people are going to probably scoff at that. Why is he in the lineup? But he's been playing very well under under Allegri. Uh, and Allegri shows confidence in Bernadeschi. Bernadeschi's been playing well, both the Azzurri and now lately with the uh, with um, the Bianconeri. So um, his insertion was not surprising. And in this game, I thought he played very well. Um so that wasn't really too uh, troublesome or bothersome for me. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see Moise Kane up top because I think he needs to get more playing time as well. Obviously, uh, Morata is, is a fantastic player, but Moise Kane, you know, has the potential to be something special, especially for the Azuri too. Imagine him and, Mo- and uh, Chiesa both, you know, hit, yeah. uh, chiming on, on all cylinders there. But, uh, yeah, interesting lineup there for, for Juventus. Uh, looking at the road team, Rui Patricio in goal for uh, Roma. Uh, they went with a uh, defense of Karsdorp, Mancini, Ibanez, and Vigna. Uh, Cristante in the middle with Vera Tu and Zaniolo. And then Pellegrini, Mkhitaryan, and Tammy Abraham uh, round out the lineup for them. Um, fairly straight-up lineup for me for Roma. Uh, any concerns for you uh, in this, especially with some of the Azzurri players that had this played in, uh, in the international break? This looked like a counterattacking setup. You know, when I first looked at it, I, I looked at this and I said, okay, I think Mourinho's setting up with the expectation that Juve is going to have the ball more. Um, and the quite frankly, the possession was equal. Um, you know, so that scratches that. And Roma even had more of the ball in, 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 longer, in long stretches. Um, but when I look at this and I see Zaniolo, I see Mkhitaryan, I see Abraham, I see a setup that's saying, okay, we're going to give you the ball. You're going to come at us. But if you send too many guys forward. We've got these three to break on you, um, and we're gonna we're gonna get our chances that way. Um, but that really didn't show up, you know, over these ninety minutes. So then, 
you know, how do you change it? You know, I mean, well, one, there was a force change and we'll talk about that. Um, but Marino didn't change this a whole lot. You know, he brought on, uh, his, his biggest, his most significant change. He had to make one change out of necessity with an injury. And then he brought off, uh, Veritu for Eldor to try to add an extra attacker. How did you feel about that? I mean, I mean, we can, we'll, we'll get to that when the substitution happened, but, but, you know, and I have a comment about that just with what I was watching, with what I was watching Juve do and how Roma was dealing with it. Um, it was a, I mean, this was an, a very, very interesting game. If you're into tactics and if you're into really just kind of breaking down the nuances of what was going on, this is, I, the, 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 the Calcio nerd in me loved this game because <laughs> there's so yeah. much to, there's so much to unpack with what happened. And there's so much that Roma could have done. There's a couple things that Juve could have done. And hopefully we get a chance to talk about this as we go. Yeah. And, you know, Anthony made the comment in the, in the, in the chat saying, you know, this is a very scrappy game. You know, neither team was really outstanding. And it's funny because Juventus as of late had been playing more Allegri ball, um, meaning get the goals that you need and then lock up shop, not give it too much defensively. Uh, both teams, yep. you know, the, the ball was going, you know, it was a, it was a good game going back and forth early on. Uh, you, you could probably argue that uh, Roma probably had a little bit of the better of the play early on. But yeah. uh, what we noticed is that uh, a guy we commonly refer to as Di Shitlio, um, he came up big on the first goal, the only goal of the game, really. The ball is on wide left side. He crosses it in, wonderfully done. Uh, Moise Kane took the, the celebration, but it hit off Benton Core, then off Moise Kane's head and into the goal. Great cross, nonetheless. You got to give the Chile credit for that. Uh, but that goal, to me, almost felt like against the run of the play because it, it seemed like Roma started tilting the game in their, in their favor. But uh, going back and forth, really, up until that goal, and I think um, at that point before the goal happened, I thought the game could have gone either way. And I thought if Roma had, would get a chance to score the first goal, this could really open up the game and, and be into Mourinho's favor. If Juventus obviously gets the goal, you're looking at Allegri ball and really uh, locking up defensively. And once Moise Kane scores that goal, you knew it was going to be increasingly difficult for Roma to try to make anything happen in this game, Frank. What was your thoughts once that goal went in? I mean, that was the beauty of it. It, it, it was going to come down to who could score the first goal. Um, and they'd be able to dictate the game but on terms that we all you know in the modern game don't you know may not agree with i guess is the best way to put it um you know i mean when i coach my teams i if we've scored one i'm 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 hunting for a second you know um but these are two managers and these are two teams. I mean, and I think when you look at the Roma setup, I think the Roma team was aggressively looking for a first goal. And if they would have gotten that, they could have sit back. They could have sat back. You could have had the Mourinho park the bus tactics. And, you know, they could have they could have countered with the pieces that they had, the Tammy Abraham and Mkhitaryan, Zaniolo slash El Sarawi, um, that – you know, so it just came down to who was going to score the first goal. It comes down to Juventus. It was an interesting VAR check. I think they were looking to see if Ken was offside. Yeah. When yeah. Bentoncourt struck the ball, which would have been a very harsh offside call. Um, I'm saying it now, Juventini. I'm I I don't. I think that was. I think that goal was perfectly fine. I think that that would have been robbery if uh, somehow. They ruled that offside. I think it was I like agree. half of half of Ken's nose was in an offside position, and it's just <laughs> yeah. like 
You can't you, give it to the striker. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I agree you with that. You can't call that. And you know, Orsato's not going to call that. No, no. Um, uh, <laughs> so, but I'm, I'm in agreement with Orsato letting the goal stand. And, um, you know, I, uh, you know, Juve's off and running one nil. I very, very ever so slightly against the run of play, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, and I don't remember if it was before this goal or just after this goal, but uh, there's a play. And I think it was actually it was on the goal. Uh, Zaniolo went to try to defend the, the cross by the Shilio. Strains looked like his hamstring. He went down and then he tried to play on. You're looking, okay, that that, that could be serious, you know, because Zaniolo has injury problems. Yeah. Uh, he tried to play on, but ultimately he could not play on and they had to make a substitution. Uh, Stefan El Sharawi had to come in and is replaced. Um, thoughts on, you know, obviously we don't know what the diagnosis is of the injury. It looks like it right. possibly could be hamstring. You're hoping it's a hamstring and not an ACL again, right? Uh, but what were your immediate thoughts once he went down? Like, oh no, here we go. What, what are you thinking? It's like, oh, d- d- this guy can't catch a break. I mean, it's just, it's how much of this is, how much is it though? You know, and, and, and some of this is you really got to take a look at Roma and say, guys, take your time getting this guy back. I mean, he's young. I mean, there's a lot of you're, you're destroy. I mean, Roma is destroying this guy's career because it seems like every time he's had these ACL tears, they're trying to rush him to get him back out on the pitch as quick as possible. And even Zaniolo has to take some accountability for this too. Young man, well, you've, got a, you've got a ton of career here. You've got years talent. to play this game. Talent. Yeah, you've got years to play this game. You've got immense talent. Come back correctly. Stop rushing. I know you want to play. We want you to play. Italy wants you to play. All right, but come back correctly, man. I, I mean, mean how many more times are we going to have to have to hold our breath every time Zaniolo gets hurt? We know he's a brilliant player, and it showed like before the injury, he like danced through like three, four players from Juventus, and then slid it off to Pellegrini, who shot when went high and wide. Uh, but he has immense talent, and I'm wondering, you know, we're mentioning maybe Roma's at fault, you know, and, and you, I'm glad you brought up Zaniolo because he's got to take accountability too. Yeah. You know, a player, a young, hungry player, when they when they think they're ready, they want to get back out there. Get me back out there, coach, right? Um, but at, at some point, you R- Roma staff has to be like, all right, let's ease him in, especially with all the troubles he's had lately, the big injuries. Ease him back in. You know, what's the rush? I mean, you got plenty of talent, I think, in my opinion, at Roma and in the midfield, even in attacking, that you can ease him in, give him thirty minutes a game or something like that until you know six months down the road or something, and then you can bring him in the second half of the season full tilt. Uh, it's too early to. It's, I mean, I don't care what he says. If he says I'm 100% fit, yes, you should listen to the player and, and believe in him, and it's ultimately up to the player, right? But no, you can't with a player that this injury prone to like listen to him. You have to think of the best interest of the team and him and play it slow. Let him take some time to get in because last thing anyone wants to see is him going down with another serious injury and potential ending his career. A guy with right. as much talent as he has, it'd be a travesty to see someone like him. We've seen him before. A talent with so much player that ends up leaving early because of injury, and, and nobody wants to see that. Right, I agree. Oh, um, El Sharawi comes on. Yeah, El Sharawi comes on, um, and at this point, you're starting to see Juventus gain confidence after that. After that goal, they they obviously have a game plan once they scored a goal, and it's a Allegri ball, basically. That's what we're going to yeah. call it. Um, and they're doing a good job. Roma obviously trying to get back into the game. Uh, and an interesting play happens uh, in the 40, 40 second minute, just before halftime, where uh, the ball bounces around. Or Tammy Abraham's coming to the box. 
looks like he gets taken down, and then Mkhitaryan gets taken down. The ball bounces around. Tammy Abraham scores the goal. Penalty immediately is called. Uh, or Sato says, no, it's, it's a penalty. They go to VAR to check it. It's a penalty. Originally, people thought it was maybe Abraham was the one who was fouled. Uh, it was a great tackle by Danilo, in my in my opinion. Uh, he did get all ball on that play. But the ball went to Mkhitaryan, who did a great chip play, chip play over the goalkeeper. Chesney took him out. That was the penalty. But the, the controversy is they should have let the play continue, and then the goal would have counted. Um, I'm, yeah, I that's agree. What, I that's totally what the agree. Was I, for, right? And I know Lacey's going to listen to us. And Lacey, please uh, comment uh, or tweet us on this one. I think you got to let the play go. Uh, let the advantage happen. Yes. Um, and because uh, it's a clear goal for Tammy Abraham. So this is where I think Orsato made a huge mistake. He made some mistakes in this game, but he didn't like I, it, you, there wasn't anything like blatantly out of bias to Juve. No, he learned you know, from this later on in the game, which we'll get to. But yeah, he made some he made some errors here, but he he get, he he needs to let the play finish. It's it, that's just my opinion. Um, there's an there's a clear advantage there. There's a clear 100 percent scoring chance for Tammy Abraham. Well, 95. We've seen people put that over the bar. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm a, I'm I'm with you. I think that the uh, that there should have been an advantage, and you should have let the play continue. So VAR is there. So if the, if the goal doesn't happen, you at least you go to VAR, then you can check the penalty right later. And they didn't do that, and Orsato didn't do that, and he learned from his mistake later on. But yeah, that play should have continued on because it was still in Roma's advantage, and then they end up scoring the goal. But not it's all for naught because they went to VAR, and the call was made before the goal happened. So you can't go back on a, on a whistle on VAR. So. Penalty happened, Mr. Penalty himself, Vera Two, who's been what 13 for 13 or 14 for something, something crazy. He's been not he's been he couldn't miss from the spot until today. Uh he he stepped up. Chesney, again, a guy who needed to have a big game. We mentioned this earlier and earlier in, in this uh in this recap. He made a great save. He he palms it out wide and, and Mancini misses the follow-up, and that's a great save. Great momentum for Juventus hit into the break because at that point they looked like they're about to break and it looked like the levy was yeah. just about to, to break open. Um, Chesney bails him out really. Uh, Orsato, yes, looks like the goat in this one, but um, or or even Veratu to a matter, but a great save by Chesney in this play. And I think you know, great way to end the half. I mean, how, how can it not be for Juventus? You know. I know Allegri was wishing that the whistle come sooner than than it did, uh, and they just got out of it, and then and they were able to readjust once they got back to halftime. But your thoughts on that whole the whole play that happened there, including the save at the end? Well, I mean, like I said, um, advantage uh, should have been the goal, um, but they called the penalty. It's a great save, um, and uh, after that, you know, Juve gets in. I tweeted at halftime. Um, that, uh, you know, if this wasn't Juventus, I think a lot of people like it. Let's say it's our, let's say it's Milan. If we are up one nil after a half like that, we're all saying we're lucky to be up one nil. Okay. Um, just about every other club would say that. Okay. But not Juventus, not Allegri's Juventus. They're used to this. They're used to, absorbing what you're going to throw at them, um, especially after they've gotten a 1-0 lead on you, okay? There's old-school guys playing back there, Benucci and Chiellini. I, you know, and, you know, 
Roma had superior numbers in terms of statistics, but aside from the penalty, was there anything that was glaringly dangerous? No, no. I mean, you had the, the player early on that Zaniola set up Pellegrini, but other than that, really, no. It's, it was pretty straightforward for Chesney. Um, and so, and that's and that full Allegri's handprints all over that, right? It's because he set yeah. up the team, disciplined them, especially after the goal happened. They were able to play their style of ball and let the let, let Roma come at them and try to play on the counter. And uh, yeah. I think they did what they were expecting to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, other things I kind of take a look at here from this first half. Uh, I I thought this was a, you know, I th- and a, a lot of this has to do with how Juventus organized themselves, but I thought Lorenzo Pellegrini really had a hard time getting a foothold on this game. Yeah. Um I don't, you know, I thought he struggled. I thought Tommy a- Tommy Abraham in spots had issues. Um you know, you know, and then flip it on the other side. I think that for as well as Juve played and for how they carried out the way they go out and do things, I, there were moments where Chiellini showed his age. You know, the, the, got a piece of Abraham before the actual penalty that they called on yep. uh, uh, between Chesney and Mkhitaryan. And I think it was the incident in the second half that they went to a video review that involved Chiellini. There's – you can just see – I mean – Time beats us all. Uh, the guy's 37. He still positions himself well. He still has a very good sense for things. But you can you can see moments where he is all of a sudden he's all he's a half a second late. Yeah. Um, you know, and the longer he goes, uh, those become more those those are going to become penalties far more often. It is. You're right. And there was a there was a moment in the second half that you that you kind of men- mentioned there where uh, Pellegrini goes down when Chiellini was involved. Uh, and this time, Orsato let the play continue on with the advantage. And once it ended, they went to VAR. Uh, and it did deem that Pellegrini actually Pellegrini hit uh, Chiellini, not the other way around. So that's why no penalty yeah. was called. But uh, yeah, there's moments like that we saw in this game. Tammy Abraham completely undressing Chiellini on one play, and there are a couple other plays too where it's very suspect. Not the Chiellini we're used to, but you know, as you mentioned, this guy's 37 years old. He's had a long, great career, and so it's starting to be on the decline. You know, defenders can play until their mid to late 30s, but eventually, Father Time catches up with all of us, right? Uh, usually, mm-hmm. the goaltenders and a few guys like Zlatan or probably Ronaldo and Messi are going to be escape that rule. But for the most part, Father Time catches up with all of us sooner than later. Yep. And maybe it's his time now, but you know. Juventus at least has the lick back there that they can they can still depend on, and they're trying to find a someone else to you know replace Bonucci eventually. But Bonucci still has several more years under his belt than Chiellini does, so it, sure. it is what it is. But uh, you know, Juventus tried as they might, or Roma, excuse me, tried as they might, uh, but they could not break that barrier that was uh, Juventus backline. Um, Juventus had a couple opportunities really to increase that lead that missed. Rui Patricio had a great save on a Bernadeschi. Would have been a goal of the year candidate um, had Bernadeschi got the overhead goal. Uh, great save by Rui Patricio on there. But, uh, yeah, Juve take all three points in a big game that I thought could have gone either way going into the game. And then once that goal happened, you knew it was going to be Allegri ball and it was going to be difficult for Roma to get opportunities. And they didn't have many opportunities in this game, honestly. So, um Juve are starting to, there's like four wins on the trot now. They're playing Allegri style. This is what he wants. The last four games, it really started that Milan game uh, where they set up shop there and won, won in Europe. Um, they're they're playing the way he wants defensively, and they're getting the results. 
Uh, and oh, look now, they're what in seventh place now. Just you know, we were laughing at them being a relegation team, and now they're in seventh place, still 10 points behind the leaders, but they're making their move. Uh, they're going to be in the mix. Uh, we'll see what that mix means Champions League or Europa League. But uh, yeah, big win for them. Um, thoughts? Does this game hurt Roma or is this better for you? Uh, how do you feel about how this impacts both teams? I mean, it was, like I said, I think that this was going to be a critical three points for whichever team got it. Um, You know, I think it was clear that Juventus certainly needed it. When you just look at the raw standings, Juventus needed this more than Roma did. Um, You know, but Roma had a great chance with Inter losing, which we'll we'll talk about, you know, to get into third and to really kind of get things solidified. Now, we're only eight games into the season. We got a long way to go. Um, I do want to back up one real quick. I'm not sure about the Eldor substitution. Eldor has a cult following with Roma fans, by the way. Um, I, I agree that with Veritu coming out, but I don't know if you got a guy like like Eldor is not a guy to me that can unlock the, to those two center backs, and I don't. And 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 I think, you yeah. know, to help Jose here, he didn't really have anybody on his substitute bench that can do it, you know. But I don't know and, if taking Veratut is the guy you want to take off. I would have probably gone with like a Carsdorp or one of the on the wing backs or something like that. Um, I Veratut is one is someone who can help with Mkhitaryan to unlock that that midfield and, and that defense, and then set up Eldor and and Tammy on the other end. You know, just swapping out one of your playmakers for a goal scorer. Well, I get, I like the offensive-minded uh, substitution. It's not the one I would have made. I agree with you, one hundred percent. The only thing about taking off a fullback, though, is now all of a sudden you have you're, you're not particularly balanced, you know, because Vina is really a left back. He's not a three man part of a three man center center defense. Um, I don't know if a Carlos Perez would have made more sense. A guy that could have been a little bit more deceptive. Um. You know, I mean, this is a weird one. I mean, and if there's Roma fans that listen to this, I would love to hear your take on that substitution because I think you just, on the surface, I understand what you're trying to do. You're trying to take some of the burden off of Tammy Abraham to deal with, not have to deal with both of those center backs. Okay, so Chiellini goes to Eldor and Tammy goes to Benucci and forces Allegri into a situation where those guys have to be man-marked now. Uh, each individually. I could see the reasoning for that. I don't know if it would have made more sense to maybe bring on, bring on somebody with a little more creativity that could dribble, that could run at people, that could maybe draw some fouls and create some more set-piece situations, um, you know, and things like that. That's – it's. I mean, I'm I'm splitting hairs, you know, in all honesty. No, that's because – Yeah, because Jose just doesn't have that guy on the bench. You know, and Roma might have been statistically superior with their shots, but nothing – dangerous no you know man of the match for me was chesney um saving the penalty but also just a a a critical component in how he organized things yeah i think you could probably make an argument for bonucci um but i I, had a little bit of quiet game didn't you think who's that chiesa yeah i thought chiesa struggled um and it could be the burden of the extra games that we talked about uh, mm-hmm. Why he didn't he didn't have the great as impact a, a greater impact as he normally does. So, yeah, I thought that Manuel Locatelli took another step forward, and I think that they're going to be encouraged by that. Yep. Um, 
Danilo had a good game, I thought. uh, Yeah, I I thought Danilo was good. Um, And that's a that's a great thing about Danilo. Danilo, you can use as a fullback, or you can have him in a three man defense. I mean, there's there's flexibility there. So, you know, I I, this is huge for Juventus. I mean, they were not going to go away. Um, They're going to be part of this thing, and you know, they're and and they're going to do it the old school way. They're going to grind. You know, they don't they're. They're, this is not a team that's going to be built to go out and run out four or five no winners every time they play. And you know what? They don't care. They're they're perfectly happy Allegri playing the way they're playing. Yeah. You know, Allegri is just like three points. Allegri does not care how you make the sausage. Nope. He really doesn't. Just <laughs> as long as it's good. Okay. Yeah. As long as it's good. As long and as good it's equals cooked. three points, not aesthetic. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, and that's 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 where I'm at with with Juventus right now. For yeah. Roma, I don't know if this is a huge. I mean, going to Juve, that's that's tough. Milan went there and got a point, but I think Milan were able to catch Juve. Were in there, were still kind of in a bad moment. Um, Allegri was still trying to figure things out upon returning and things like that. Roma, but here we go again. It's the stigma with Roma against the Seven Sisters. They can't beat any of them. You know, um, I think they're getting closer. Yeah, I did too. You know, I mean, I think that there've been a lot of these games against the seven against their fellow seven sisters. They looked way out of their element, like they didn't belong on the same pitch. Right. But I, at least, and I think you can probably argue that about the derby to an extent when they lost to Lazio. But I think they're getting closer. Okay, and I'm not gonna, you know, I think that Mourinho's going to be hard done by some refereeing decisions. He's probably going to criticize a lot of that in the papers. Um, but I think he's got to take a look at his team to find out, okay, how do we lo- unlock a Juventus like this? What do I, do I have that here or do I need to go into January, uh, to make the, to make that progress? Oh, he'll try to go in the market. No doubt about that in January, no matter where they are on the table. <laughs> sure. Sure. All right. Well, let's talk about the other, the, the, there was a, uh, the, the other half of Rome was actually successful. That was Lazio. Um, Simone Inzaghi having a homecoming of sorts, coming back to the Olympico, Richard, uh, and um, his opponent, uh, his former club, would trot out a 4-3-3, which uh, was not what Inzaghi did at Lazio, certainly not what he does at, at Inter either. But Sadi's 4-3-3 had Reina in goal, Marusic, Luis Felipe, Patrick, and Husay. Uh, midfield of Basic, Leva, and Milinkovic Savic, Pedro and Felipe Anderson flanking Chiro Immobile. Thoughts on this? I believe that uh, Acerbi was suspended and Luis Alberto starting from the substitutes bench. Did that surprise you? So, first on the defense, uh, I saw Luis Felipe insert into the lineup, and I was in, I was curious to see how that would turn out. Uh, it obviously panned out well for them. And then Luis Alberto on the bench, it, it, that did surprise me. That was a shock. Uh, seeing Toma Basic getting the start in this one, though he played well, Luis Alberto is one of the best playmakers in Serie A, uh, probably yeah. Europe. Um, and not having him in, the, in that midfield with Sergei Milinkovic-Savic was uh, a curious choice. And it's been a, it's been the the theme this season so far from Renitu Sari is that it seems like there's something there with, with uh, maybe I'm reading into this, you know, Laziala, you can tell me, but it seems like there's a theme between Maurizio Sari and Luis Alberto not starting. They've been, there's, been, there's been some arguments earlier in the season, and I don't know if it's continuing on or what, but Luis Alberto starting from the bench was very curious for me because a game like this against the reigning champions, you think you'd want to have all your best players available, and not him not starting was 
uh, odd to see, but he did make appearance in this one. I'll be a brief. Sure. Um, Inter, uh, Handanovic in goal, Skrinja, Devray, Bastoni. We're used to seeing that. Uh, wingbacks, Darmian and DiMarco. Apparently, Simone Inzaghi still has an affinity for Lazio because he trotted Bobby Gags out there uh, <laughs> in midfield with uh, Marcelo Brozovic and Nicola Barella. Uh, and then it was Ivan Perisic uh, in a role behind Aiden Jekyll. That was, that was a strange setup. Yeah, and uh, you got to love the Laziale fans uh, whistling at uh, Jekyll any chance they can get. But yeah, no, it was it was a certainly uh, interesting wrinkle to the lineup there. Um, I, I, I'm obviously scratching my head at several of the, the, the people who, who started in this, but uh, yeah, it's uh, overall um, you'd expected that Interward are going to be difficult to beat in this game. Um, all the players on the pitch outside of Bobby Gags. Are going to be very good again. Hard, hard to play against. Uh, obviously, Marcelo Brozovic had another had a pretty good game despite the result. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting lineup. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought you know in the beginning of the game that this was a fairly standard lineup, and I wasn't too worried about what Inter were going to put out there because I thought they were going to produce no matter what. Because up mm. to this point, they've been scoring for fun easily. So, uh, but yeah. it's going to be it's a game against the Seven Sisters, and you know. You never know what's going to happen when a coach or somebody makes a return to their old club, how it's going to go. Yep. We get a penalty in the 12th minute that is converted by Ivan Perisic, uh, 1-0 to Inter, and by all accounts, really against the run of play, Inter set up on the counter against Lazio. Lazio had the possession in this first half. Yeah. Um, Had more shots, had more shots on target. Handanovic keeping him in this game. Um. Your thoughts on the flow of the first half here. Lazio had to feel hard done by not getting out of there with at least something after those first 45 minutes. Yeah, I I, I see a lot of Interisi saying that, that they thought they were the better team in this in this game. I, I, I kindly disagree. I think, especially in this first half, it was Lazio was a team that was the more dominant. They were the passing was nice. They had more um uh a more more of a game plan going forward. They seem like they're doing things with the ball, trying to create opportunities. That that goal absolutely was against the run of play, um, and up to that point, it, you could say it was all Lazio at that point. And then that, that goal happened, and you're like, okay, Lazio got to be frustrated at this point because you think you're doing everything right, but the goal, and you're down going into halftime. Um, ha- had to been a punch in the gut that, that when that goal happened there, especially at that moment, it was it seemed to be a good steady stream of um Lazio attacks where they they just missed it wide for whatever reason or Hanovic made a MA save. Uh it's it sucks when you're in that position when you when you create all these opportunities, majority of the possession, yet you're losing in the game. Sure. Um they would persevere in the second half, continue to press, continue to try to create, and then finally they would get a penalty of their own. Lazio we're talking about in the 64th minute, of course, converted. Uh, by Chiro Immobile, which is the only way he seems to score goals these days. Um, <laughs> it's 1-1 at that point. 81st minute. Um, interesting uh, interesting play here. Yeah. Um, DiMarco goes down injured, but Inter was in possession of the ball. They continue to play. Uh, Reyna makes the save, uh, and then Lazio is on the break going the other way, and uh, Immobile's effort is saved by Handanovic, but it falls to Felipe Anderson to give Lazio the 2-1 win. I have absolutely no problem with this goal or this move. Um, Inter had the chance with their man down to go ahead and kick a ball out of bounds so that he could get treatment. Um, 
And they chose not to do that. They chose to play. And if you're the opponent, you're making the assumption that, well, you guys want to play through this, we'll keep playing. And I have absolutely zero problem with what happened on this. Um, and I don't think the Inter players had any right to uh, to beef about it. What do you do? You you shoot and you don't score and you say, okay, now throw it out so we can check on our play. You can't do that. You can't. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that whole play was interesting because – as you mentioned, first I thought the collision between Demarco and whomever it was for Lazio, it was an, it was a really a, a small collision, and Demarco was trying to make a meal of it. And they continued to play on, like you yeah. mentioned. And Lartaro went for the goal and missed. Had he scored, would Inter have been like, "Hey, no, take that back. Uh, it was injured." No, they wouldn't have done that, right? They kept playing on. So Lazio had every right to continue to play the ball, uh, and it just so happens on that on that very same continuation that they ended up scoring a goal. And I thought it was shameful the way. Interreacted Dumfries, first of all, Martinez, most of all, because he's the one who kept playing on. Um, granted, I'm gonna be a hypocrite here because if it was Milan in the situation, I probably would have said the same thing. The Inter did, I would have been like, they should have done that or should have been angry. But I understand I'm a hypocrite, but you know, looking at it from a neutral perspective, Inter kept playing the ball on, and when you do that, it's all it's all open there. That's why Lazio had every right to play the ball, continue on because. You know, I know the argument is, oh, the guy was injured. He should have been pulled the ball. Well, why didn't Martinez do that? Why didn't you guys do that before that play happened, right? So I think the goal, the goal should have happened. It's a good goal. Um, and it just the way it transpired is the goal happened. Dumfries got in the face of uh, Felipe Anderson. Felipe Anderson is just trying to do it like this. Um, Sergei Milikovic got involved. Cheeto got involved. Handanovic. Yellow cards throughout the wazoo. Something like eight yellow cards were given out in that one play alone. Uh, yeah. And it got very, very heated sure. in the game, and it was set, it was set the tone for the rest of the game. Uh, but definitely, uh, rest of the last nine minutes of the game. Uh, but certainly, uh, a controversial play. You're going to hear a lot about it here in the next coming days. Uh, obviously, Interisse are going to say that's BS. It should have been kicked out. Laziale going to say what we're saying. You played on. We're going to play on. So, yeah. I have no issue. I'm, I'm with you. I have no issue with that goal. Four yellow cards in that moment. Uh, Milinkovic, Savic, Lataro, Felipe Anderson, and Dumfries all getting booked. And I don't get the Felipe Anderson one. He was being abused. First, he got grabbed by Dumfries, and he was abused by Lartaro verbally because he was on the ground and kept getting yelled at. What did he do? He did nothing. Maybe just because he was involved, they just want to shut everybody up. I don't know. Uh, Massimiliano Iratti, the referee in this game. And then the next time I understand in Italian referees' intentions will be the first. So... <laughs> I mean, and how um, Handanovic escaped, I don't know. But anyway. Can we talk about Luis Alberto? Uh, he does come in the game, He and uh, he's involved in a dead ball situation in the 91st minute. Milinkovic Savic rising above everybody else. This is a goal of the week candidate, at least for me, uh, to make it 3-1. Um, and Luis, did Luis Felipe jump on Correa's back? At the, after the post whistle, no, after the post whistle. After the post, yes, okay. After that, that that's when it was. I'm sorry. Okay, so th- that's the moment. <laughs> what a way to celebrate! What a way to throw shade on your former teammate, right? Well, just before the final whistle, um, Tuca Martinez, or excuse me, uh, um, uh, oh my god, his name is escaping me, right? Correa, Joaquin Correa, he fouls Felipe Anderson just before the or Luis Felipe, excuse me, uh, before the final whistle, and then when once the whistle blows, like you said. Uh, Luis Felipe jumps and celebrates on the back of Joaquin Correa. Last year would have been fine. This year, not so much since we're on opposite teams. And a whole fracas breaks out because of that. Uh, he ends up getting the red card and because of that. But uh, my goodness, I mean, I mentioned how embarrassing and, and shameful it was what Inter did on that goal that Felipe Anderson scored. Felipe Anderson scored. 
equally as shameful for Lazio on that play. No, I get it. It's funny. Your former it's player. Amusing it's amusing to me. I don't care that. <laughs> but it's it's a little crossing the line there. I mean, <laughs> I'm I found it amusing. It, it is crossing the too. line. I did too. But it is crossing but, the line. <laughs> but at the end of the day, both players are still alive, and nobody was offended. Okay. And maybe Inter fans were. I think Arthur, Arturo Vidal was probably upset because he wasn't playing. If he, right. he wanted to be involved in that, you know, but. Right. But no, I mean, does your opinion change about Lazio? I I still, I mean, yeah, they're fifth right now. Um, do you start to think, I had them eighth. And I still don't know if I'm ready to anoint them. Um. You know, as as a as a team that's going to finish in a European place, you know, I still think that there's. I mean, I think that some of. I mean, Inter lost this match under some really bizarre circumstances, you know. But is Lazio a good team because they took advantage of that, or are they lucky in this instance? I, I I'm still I still come away from this game trying to figure out what Lazio is. Yeah, I. This game doesn't change my my thoughts on either team, really. Yeah. Um, I thought Lazio was going to be a good team, but not quite upper echelon. Uh, they're going to have moments where they're going to obviously torture the the, the the most elite teams, meaning like yeah. the, the reigning champions, and they did in this game. But they're also going to have their moments of WTF, like how did you do that? And we saw that recently too. So it's very Jekyll and Hyde of them. It's I'm not surprised that they got a result. I also would not be surprised if they lost four nothing. Uh, and for Inter, you know, same thing with them. Is like uh, reason I didn't pick them to to repeat this year is because obviously a new manager, bunch of new pieces. While they're all fantastic players and a fantastic manager, having that meshing and same the same chemistry that they did last year with Conte is not going to be the same. And so you know they're going to be some blips and in, 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 along their on the run. And this is one. I think they're going to be several more other ones. Um, so I was not really surprised. Didn't really change my the way I thought. I think um, I do think Lazio is going to be a European team. I just don't think I'm going to put them in the, in the upper echelon Champions League. Um, and, and you know, like you like you said, maybe they don't even make Europe 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 in altogether. So who knows? Uh, and Inter, I still Inter Inter still going to be Champions League team, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, both these teams they're going to be dangerous at times, and at times leaving you scratching your head and leaving the fan bases like. What is going on? And I think this is one of the games where Interista are going to be like, how do we lose that game? There's a team that we're obviously better than in terms of talent, but come away two goals less, three points down. I don't know. I thought I thought Inter were poor. Absolutely. I thought they were poor in this game. I mean, Lazio you know, was a better I mean, team, in my opinion, through ninety. They they were I, Lazio outplayed them. They outshot them. I think that some of this was Inzaghi's selection. Um, very head scratching to say the least. Uh, you know, you've been, you know, how do you, uh, yeah, and I, and I get that some of this is guys are coming back from yeah. South America. You know, I mean, in the case of Lotaro Martinez, guys are coming back from South America. Dumfries with Netherlands as well. And you've got Champions League and you've got a whole bunch of things to manage all at yeah. once, you know. So um, I don't know if I liked the experiment of Pedisic behind kind of in a, Playmaking role. I think, although in the end, it's uh, more of a three-five-two, and Perisic still drifted to the left a little bit. Yeah. In most cases, his natural but position. Yeah. I'm going to look at Inter, and I'm going to just chalk this off as a bad day for them. Um, and and I'm going to look at Lazio and say, 
yeah, this is nice, but Inter kind of gave this to you too, you know, and the Laziali are going all going to come running for us, but we have to call what we see here. This is this is Calcio told like it is. Luis right? Felipe, I thought had a really good game, uh, and and in terms of, for Inter, I thought Brozovic played played fairly well considering the result. Uh, but you know, overall, Felipe Anderson is one of the probably man of the match for me. Uh, he played very well. SMS played well. I, like I mentioned, Luis Felipe. Um, overall, they were the better team. Um, yep. Reina had made some big saves when he had to. Uh, and so, yeah, they, they were the better team. They deserved results. Um, obviously got away at the end. But, uh, yeah, I think Lazio would have been utterly pissed off had they drew or lost that game, considering the way the momentum was in that game throughout. Yep. Yep. So uh, that's uh, that's Lazio Inter for you. Um, and then also Juve Roman prior to that, Richard, do you want to have at the rest of what happened here this weekend? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, first, uh, relegation six pointer, Spezia hosting the Salernitana. Uh, goal scoring was starting the 39th minute, goal week candidate through Simi, uh, and then followed up with a another goal week candidate through Strelik uh, in the 51st minute, make it 1 1, and then another goal week candidate by Kovalenko in the 76th, 2 1 Spezia walkaway winners in that one. Uh, Milan hosting Hellas Verona. Uh, Milan going through a lot of injury crisis, uh, you know, coming to this game. Goal scoring will start in the seventh minute through Caprari with a wonderful strike there. Uh, he they would double their lead in the 24th, a penalty. Um, so I, I only way I can take it is this Kalinic fouled Romagnoli. Referee felt bad that Romagnoli got tackled by Kalinic and gave Kalinic a pe- uh, penalty. Only thing I can think of, but. The hmm. Hellas would get a penalty in that play nonetheless. That was the only penalty of the weekend I did not agree with. Um, Antonin Barak would step up, score the goal. 2 nothing. Hellas with a shock uh, result. At, uh, looked like it was going to happen. Went into halftime with that result. Uh, Olivier Giroud would get a goal in the 59th. An excellent header there. The game really changed when uh, Leao and Castillejo came onto the pitch. I thought both of them were fantastic in this one. Uh, 75th, 76th minute, uh, the two guys I just mentioned, Castillejo and, and Leao, linking up with a give and go. Castillejo taken down in the box. Uh, Kessie would step up, a guy who's been missing a lot through the penalty spot lately, but who hasn't been missing from this penalty spot for Milan? Uh, Kessie steps up, scores, uh, makes it uh, 2-1, or 2-2, excuse me, at that point. And then in the 78th minute, Castillejo... Uh, a harmless cross into the box. Not so harmless because Gunter, former Borussia Dortmund player, own goal uh, into the net. 3-2 Milan comeback, an impressive comeback victory against Hellas Verona there. Uh, going on to the Sunday's game, the 6-30 game, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Cagliari hosting Sampdoria. Ja Pedro opened the scoring in the fourth minute. Uh, Martin Casaras got a goal in the 74th. Uh, Thorsby made it 2-1 in the... Um, in the 80th minute, 82nd minute, threw a nice header off a corner kick, and then João Pedro get his brace in the 94th minute. 3-1, Caleri finally win. Um, speaking of uh, winning, uh, Atalanta were on the road against Empoli. Goal scoring was start early. Ilicic with a goal in the 11th minute. Uh, goal of the week candidate in the 26th. Ilicic with a lovely left-footed strike. Uh, made it 2-0 there. Um, Di Francesco with a nice goal himself for Empoli. Made it 2-1. Um, an own goal in the sixth, in the 49th, excuse me, and then Zapata had a goal of the week candidate, a nice give and go between him and Pasalic on a breakaway. 4-1 Atalanta win on the road. Uh, one of the most intending games of the weekend, uh, Genoa Sassuolo. Yes, I said Genoa Sassuolo. Uh, Scamaca would get a brace 
goal in the 17th and the 20th minute. No celebrations in this one. Considering the guy who scored all these goals when he was with Genoa is having a hard time at Sassuolo, gets his goals finally against Genoa. First two goals of the season. Up to nothing. Uh, Frank's boy, Destro, make it 2-1 to one in the 27th. Mm-hmm. And then late in the game, Vasquez made it 2-2. They share all the spoils. Uh, Udinese hosting Bologna. Uh, it would take a while. This is a this is a fun game to watch as well. Uh, Bologna had many opportunities in the game, but finally broke the seal in the 67th minute. Musa um, Barro off a great pass from Dominguez made it one nothing at that point. Udinese would get a goal though. This uh, 20 minutes later, Beto get a goal one one. They share the points, and then a game very entertaining. A game you knew was going to be very tactical. Napoli against Torino. Uh, Everyone, you know, probably was predicting that it was going to be a blowout for Napoli. But, oh, you know, Torino's been playing very well this season. Uh, and they made it very difficult. It, it took until the 81st minute where Osimhen with a nice hitter goal. one nothing. Napoli just barely scrapped by Torino. Uh, that would round out the nine games that are played. Venezia, Fiorentina are tomorrow. Where do you want to start with this, Frank? Did Roberto De Versa get sent off before the match started for Sampdoria? He might have. He actually might have. Um, I'm like, my my line showed, if anybody watched that Caliari-Sampdoria game, George can help us with this. Yeah. Um, Diversa, I'm showing that he got sent off, like, on bench argument, but they're not saying what minute it was, but it's at the bottom of the the timeline yeah. that I'm looking at. I I wonder if there's a substitution issue or something that the referees didn't agree to, or I don't know. I, I, I missed that one. I, I, was, I was like, what, when did he leave? What, what, what happened? I think we got to have him on sack watch at this point with how uh, Sampdoria are all, all of a sudden struggling um, and conceding goals, mind you. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. But uh, let's start with Milan. Um, and, and conversely, Hellas Verona. I, I knew that, I mean, this was going to be a difficult game. You obviously, the Mayan injury which I think they're expecting him back in January unless another... Ten weeks, yeah. Yes. Okay, unless another story has come out and said he's out for out further than that. So you have to deal with Tatrasanu as the goalkeeper, which uh, I don't think the two goals you could blame him for. And I thought he was serviceable. Yep. Um, I wouldn't say anything more than that. Um you know, I think it was a little the first goal, just a bad lapse in concentration on on the part of Milan that that opened that up for Hellas Verona, and then the penalty by uh, Barak. But then, you know, incredible fight by Milan to to be able to come back and turn that result around and win. Um, you know, I mean, that's a character building win when you go in there. You don't have Mainyan and 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 Teo and and Brahim are out because of COVID, um, and you find a way to scratch out three points is really what it comes down to. So, um, you know, so that I came away impressed with. Nice to see Calgary playing well at home. Um, that really was a get-right spot for them against Sampdoria. There's still plenty of work for them to do, but the talent is there, and it's too much uh, for them to be sitting in the bottom three. They continue to sit there as of now. Um, rolling through the rest of this, uh Good win for Spezia. They're going to need all the points they can get. I should actually speak about Hellas Verona too. I mean, I think that Hellas Verona played played well for what was that you know for for what was expected of them going to the San Siro, going and playing Milan. And, and once again, that momentum switched, they had no, they, they couldn't do anything. Right, and 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 I think what you saw, at least for half of the game, 
is why I didn't relegate them. I think I'm the only one that didn't relegate them. I said, everybody's like, oh, EDF is there. I'm going to get relegated. I said, yeah, EDF's going to get sacked at some point. And there's too much talent on this team to go down. And there's just no way. And when I saw people saying they were going to relegate Hellas Verona, it's like, no, there's no way. There, there's, I could, and I said, I could, I can fire off three teams that are worse, uh, just on talent. Um, Salernitana being one of them. I mean, Salernitana is just bad. You know, they got their first win of the season against Genoa. Um, but then they come back here and they lose to Spezia, a game that they needed to have. Atalanta did Atalanta things to Empoli. Very easy to do it to Empoli. Empoli doesn't have any interest in playing, and we got to get Calcio support, Calcio supporters on. He's an Empoli supporter um, to talk about Empoli and kind of the you know the struggles that that you know that they're going yeah. through. Yeah. Honestly, I think Empoli aren't going to care about surviving. They want to play their style of football, and it's like if it gets them rel- if it means they get relevant. And I, I guess I give Empoli a lot of yeah, and I give Empoli a lot of credit for that. I give Andrea Zoli a lot of credit for that. To you know, stay who you are. I mean, if that's what got you here, stick with it. Maybe you'll stay up. Chances are you'll go down because you can't defend. Um, you know, but then you'll go back to Serie B. You'll dominate Serie B. You'll be right back up. I don't. You know, that's that's the beauty of an Empoli. You can watch them. They're they're fun and they're terrible at the same time. They're going to try to play. They're going to try to play a proper game out there, um, and they're going to try to play it against Atalanta, even, which means Atalanta is going to score a ton of goals, which they did and could have scored more. Um, Sassuolo, Genoa, Sassuolo. I mean, that's a heck of a fight back from Genoa. Um, that's another team that I'm having a hard time figuring out what to make of them. Skamaka uh, scoring twice against his old team. Um, Udinese scratching out a point. Uh, against Bologna, what's wrong with Bologna? You know, um, yeah. they played decent in this game, but yeah, they couldn't get the they couldn't get the three points. You know, and, I, and they're ninth, right? But they are the. Let me check this. Yeah. Um, well, aside. No, I'm sorry. That's I'm reading the wrong thing. Goal difference. Goals allowed. Uh, yes, top ten. You look at the top ten. Bologna's. Got conceded 15 goals. That's clearly clearly the most of the teams in the top half. Okay, Empoli is sitting. Empoli sitting in 11th, but they've conceded 16. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, so they're they're con- they're continuing to concede goals. They're continuing to give things away. They had an Udinese team on the ropes, down to 10 men, and they couldn't finish it off. Um, they had the they had the lead, but they allowed Beto to come back and score, like you said. Um. And then uh, Napoli, this is this is this is how you build a Scudetto winning campaign against a team that's going to grind you and is going to make things difficult and put demands on you, and you find a way so, to get the goal that gets you the three points. It's interesting because, and and, and I agree with you. Um, so many people said outside of Milanisi that most people, I should say, not everybody, most people said when Milan, the way they came back and got that 3-2 victory against Hellas, it was a lucky game, this and that. It's like, no, that's what a champion does, a fine way to get the result and get a yeah. win. Napoli did the exact same thing. They struggled against a team that was hell-bent on getting getting a point in this game. Um, look at Savic with a brilliant save on Lorenzo Insigne in the game on a penalty. But Napoli did what they did, and they found yeah. a way to get the three points to the Osimhen. That's yeah. what champions do. When your back's against the wall, when Juventus won those ten in a row, they found ways to win. That's what champions do. So 
you know, both teams get, should get credit for the wins that they had this weekend. Yeah, I mean, the stigma of changing the rules based on what you see in the game. Oh, Milan got lucky they were down 2-0 and should have gone on and lost the game. And it's like, well, if you're going to say that, then you got to say Napoli got lucky. Okay, I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather flip it and say, this is what teams contending for championships do. They find a way to get three points in difficult situations, in demanding situations. And they both, and both teams of these, kept attacking. Yeah, they got both the these teams found themselves in demanding situations for different reasons, and they got three points. So I, I, I'm I'm happy for Kovalenko, by the way, uh, with Spezia. He's a player I've always rated, and it just never caught on at Atalanta. Um, yeah, yeah. But, we thought he was going to do well at Atalanta, and he didn't get it for whatever reason, but now he's getting his chance at Spezia, and great goal by him, too. <laughs> great yeah, goal by he's him. a nice pickup for them. I, I know, I, you know, I, I've always I've always rated him, and... And, you know, and I like him, um, you know, so he's a guy that I think we can we can highlight just kind of scanning around and, and, and talking about some other players here as we, you know, as we evaluate and we take a look at performances. Um, you know, Do you agree with this comment. Um, it says that uh, Napoli are becoming Victor dependent. That's the only way they have. Oh, that's the only word they have for Napoli. Um, I don't know if I completely agree with it, but before I give my my take, what what is your what are your thoughts on Napoli becoming Victor dependence? I disagree with that. Um, I disagree with it. I okay. Victor is executing the functions of what you see with a Spalletti center forward, with a Spalletti striker, and we saw this with Icardi and Inter. Icardi. Yep, we saw it with Jacko at Roma. Yep. Okay. His strikers score goals, all right? And Hamza, you can sit there and say, well, if you just want to look at it raw goals, yeah, you might have to be awesome independent, but he's the guy that has to finish things off. But isn't awesome independent on the service too? Yeah. Because awesome is not... Tammy didn't get anything today and no goals. Awesome is not a guy that is creating his own goal. Awesome Awesome is getting in positions in the box. Okay, you, you know who you're dependent on? You're dependent on Lorenzo Insigne. You're dependent on Matteo Politano. You're dependent on Lothano. You're dependent on Rui coming forward and providing service. You're dependent on uh, through passes and, and, and playmaking coming through the middle from Zielinski and Ruiz. There's no awesome independency. He just finishes it at the end. Yeah. Okay, and you could get somebody else in there in a Spalletti system to do the same thing that Osman's doing. It's just it's Osman's job right now. Yeah, and, and, and I'm glad he's scoring a goal because he, you know, as someone many people are rating him fairly high. I mean, you are obviously you picked him for the Copa Canaria this year, um, and he's getting everybody did just, everybody except you, everybody, everybody except for me. You're picked playing in the Premier Ronaldo, League. <laughs> he might get the Copa Canaria there, right? Um, but uh, that point aside. I know, I, yeah, he's getting all the goals, but I think Napoli are creating because of all the players that they have. They have su- they have such a great uh, talent around him, both in the attacking, in the midfield, uh, even in the defense, that they're just getting him the balls. If he wasn't there, someone else would be scoring the goals, whether it's Mertens, Insigne, Politano, Lozano, whomever. You can keep going through the name. They got so many players. Almas is playing really great. Um, and so, yeah, they're, he's getting all the goals at the moment, but I don't know if I would uh, – I mean, there was a stretch early in the season where he wasn't getting the goals, uh, and they were still getting the victories. Eight, eight games down the trot for, for Napoli in a row, uh, their best start for a uh, City campaign. So um, he's getting the goals. I don't know if they're dependent on him, but, uh, you know, overall I think 
you know, it's a, not a bad problem to have. You had to have one person score a goal at the moment, but they they certainly have the talent around that could score. Now, if they weren't scoring goals, period, I'd probably be more worried. And I can see that, you know, if, if no one else is contributing and no one else starts to contribute going down the road, I, I would be very worried. But, you know, I don't think Byron are, are worried when Lewandowski scores goal game after game and he's only yeah. one, right? So, yeah. but it's fair, fair, fair stretch. Um, Napoli do have the depth. I agree with Hamza there, 100% there. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, no, it's, but I don't, I I don't know, Hamza, I don't know about Victor going wide. No, he doesn't. And and Icardi was not asked to go wide. Jekyll was not asked to go wide. This is, this is the same setup, you know, and he's asked to get into positions, you know, building up through the middle third of the pitch where he shows, gets it at his feet. You know, knocks it around, helps helps not helps Napoli change it out. And as they progress into the final third, he's picking his area in the box, and it's usually dependent on what the center center back see and their positioning. And it's like, all right, where can I find the gaps? Where can I find the space? And where can I be lethal? That's just the recurring theme with strikers under Spalletti. Um, and you know, I, it's up to. You know, Insigne and Rui to work together to create advantages on that flank. Okay. And then when people are drifting over and dealing with that, that's where Zielinski opens up. That's where Rui's can come forward and open up. We've seen Rui's open come forward a ton in this setup. You know, Rui's, Fabian Ruiz is going to have at least, I'm going to call, let's see, five might be low for him. I'm going to say, I'm going to say seven goals for Fabian. Yeah, I can see that. In Serie A this season, at least. Yeah. Because of all of this going on, and because of people that are going to occupy Osman, it is perfect for him to get into those spaces, you know, is he he's not going totally into the box like Chiesa did for Juventus, but the guy can shoot from distance and he can score from distance. I see Fabian scoring at least seven goals this season when you you know, as you if you're looking for okay, let's let's look for other sources for goals. Fabian. With everything that's going on around around Osman, yep. you know you don't talk about what's going on behind him, and and yep. that's a prime candidate to score goals. And the littles, you got still got the littles all there, right? Lo- yep. Lozano, Politano, Insigne, Meritans is still on the team. They're going to get the goals still, but it's ultimate at the moment. And there's actually a great debate going on in the, in the chat right now about, you know, Anthony says for him, Napoli and Milan are the clear favorites for the Scudetto this year. Hamza chiming in said, Inter, don't forget about Inter as well, Atalanta as well as in the mix. What are your thoughts eight games into the season on whom is starting to become, in your eyes, at this present moment, at this present moment, the the, the front runner to the Scudetto? We've had eight games and I have no clue. I mean, <laughs> honestly, fair. honestly. Not be looked the best. I mean, record wise, we look the best. We usually target for 10 games, first 10 to 12 games in there to get an understanding of who everybody is. Because at that point, you've got a good sampling of. You've played bottom teams, you've played top teams, you've played middling teams, you know, and, and we kind of know what you are. Um, you know, we, we we think we know what you are. Um, I think those but- four teams are going to be in the mix going to the end. Now, how close? I don't know. I think one through seven could be separated by 15 to 20 points. I and mean, I think it's going to be close at the top. But I certainly think those four teams are going to be involved in the Scudetto. I agree. Um, so... I think Juventus will get on a run here. I think they're going to do it in a very, un, you know, unattractive way. Uh, yeah. But they're going to be them. there. 
Um, I think Atalanta are going to do it in an attractive way, but they're going to be there. And like Hamza uh, said, they start slow. They always do because Champions League, uh, they start, they focus on Champions League and then get back into the season. And you yep. know, they're still in the mix right now. So, yep. Um, Kopenmeyers, he's, he likes Kopenmeyers. We do, we do too. I think he's a yep. fantastic player. I agree. But, uh, yeah. yeah I, I, I think Lazio's position flatters them. They got to find somebody other than Lucas in that midfield to, to right? anchor that down. I think and those two are the wild cards. Lazio and Roma are the wild cards, right? Because they we don't we uh, I predict that you know both those teams are going to struggle with it with the, everything the way it's folding out. But they they potentially could go on runs with these managers and be in that mix. But we don't know. We're, we're I think no, Fiorentina. I think Fiorentina still has something to say about all of this. Yeah, they're the underdog right there right now. Um. Because they've got nothing else going on except this, and they can they can focus on it, and that's why I think I picked them sixth or seventh. Um, but but that's what uh, you know. That's where we're at. Lazio need a technical. Yeah, absolutely. Well, center back they do have a technical one in a chair, but he was suspended today. Um, you know they could get a decent one to partner him, but I think that Saudi likes the rotation that he's got. So and a has been struggling lately too. So I mean like. If they start getting production, uh, keep getting production of Luis Felipe in there and, and place that Cherby, who knows? Maybe they get a switch because Cherby hasn't looked great this season. Uh, I know many Laziali have been um, un, very unhappy the way he's played this year, but anything is possible. I, I like a Cherby still, but he's getting up there, what, 33 years old now? Or something like that. Um, so, yeah, Father Time's maybe catching up to him. Yeah. I agree. He looks yep. tired. He does. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Um, goals of the week. I'm going to let you run with this. Okay, goals of the week. Um, you only have to look at two games for my goals of the week. Uh, first game, first goal, uh, oh, first honorable mention, Musa Barro's goal, the assist by Dominguez. Uh, yeah. Lovely goal there, lovely assist. Uh, number five for me, Kovalenko from Spezia. Wonderful goal there. Number four, Strelik from uh, Spezia as well. And number three, Salernitana, Saimi. Uh, wonderful goal. Wonderful. I mean, the tech, this guy's technical ability is, is so underrated. What he did to dance around the goalkeeper in such a, a tight area was fantastic, in my opinion. For a big man, that's very hard to do. Yeah. Uh, number two for me, Ilicic's second goal. Wonderful left-footed strike, top corner. And then number one, sticking with Atalanta, the breakaway goal for the fourth in the game. Zapata and Pasalic doing a little give-and-go. Uh, wonderfully done there. That's my goal of the week, Zapata. I'm going to go with Ilicic for the goal of the week. Um, and then I will go with the Spezia Salernitana uh, goals in the same order you got them for two through four. And then I'll go with the Milinkovic Savage header uh, as number five uh, for me. I Brilliant set pace, brilliantly placed ball by uh, Luis Alberto, and great finish by Sergei Milinkovic Savage. So beautiful. All right. Let's move on. We're back to the Champions League uh, this week. Uh, match day three is upon us. Let's uh, go ahead and have a look at the fortunes of the teams. We start with uh, Tuesday's action um, where the two Milan clubs are going to be playing. Uh, you have Milan traveling to Porto. You have Inter hosting Sheriff. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let's just take a look at how the groups are going right now. And we talk about... Uh, let's start with Milan, who I think you could say are very, very unlucky to be sitting on zero, on zero points. Um, it's not out of the question. I mean, Atalanta started the first three games without zero points and rallied, uh, to get out of a group. 
uh, and, and qualify and get all the way to the quarterfinals, in fact, in their first go of this. Uh, but they have to get three points at Porto if they want any hope of finishing top two in this group. Uh, and certainly if, if they hold any hope of getting uh, a at, at minimum a Europa League place if, if their desires are that. Um, when we talk about Porto, we talk about a team that took a 5-0 beating at the hands of, actually a 5-1 beating at the hands of Liverpool uh, their last time out. I think that if you watch Liverpool these days, they're at a ridiculous level right now. Um, Milan somewhat survived it and could have gotten something out of it. Uh, Porto felt the wrath of it. Uh, Claudio Ranieri was rudely welcomed back to the Champions League on Saturday. Um, <laughs> and, you know, as a result, but this is a Porto team that can be stingy, uh, as evidenced by the performance against Atletico Madrid. Um, they don't create an awful lot. Uh, when they do, they're very efficient. Uh, when you look at this Porto team, you're looking at guys like Taremi up front. You're looking at Luis Diaz. Um, you're looking at Otavio, who has been solid for him. Uh, and then you also have the uh, the center midfielder uh, who gave Juve all kinds of trouble last season. The name escapes me. Um, I will uh, pull it up. No, Sergio Oliveira. It's that that's who it is. So. What are your what are your expectations for Milan heading to Portugal on Tuesday? Yeah, you know Milan were hard pressed against their in their game against Aleti, um, undeserved red card in that game, I thought. Um, but uh, they played well. They played well nonetheless. And I think you know if you look, if they had a full complement of their players, including Magnon and 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 Teo and and, and everyone else, considering how they played at Liverpool against Atleti. You would you would have to say that they're maybe the favorites in this one, especially you know they're they're the rookies in this. But you know what they showed in those two games, you had to consider them favorites. Yeah, they got a lot of injury crisis going on right now. They certainly got the character. It's going to be difficult for them. Um, you know, obviously the goalkeeper situation. You're never sure if it's Mirante, the new guy they just picked up, or Tatarasano. How are they going to do in that in that situation? Obviously, defensively they need to be stout. Um, create opportunities. Leal is actually in very, very fine form at the moment. I mean, he is full of confidence. You need to feed the beast. Uh, but I think Milan's chances are decent in this one, uh, considering all the pieces that they're they're missing right now. I I, I say the fifty fifty game at the moment because Porto, you can never discount them. You mentioned some of the players that they have. They got a fantastic players, a great history, not only Champions League but also in the Portugal league. Um, but they're not the Portugal or uh, Porto of old. They're not the same team that scared many teams in, in the years past. They can be had. And if Milan play with the same kind of confidence that they've had lately, both in Champions League and, and Serie A, it'll be a very tight game. Um, yeah. I think Milan's best – I know some people want to see Milan do first or second in this group. I think third is the, the, the reasonable target. I don't know if they can do that, but if they get a result against Porto, uh, that's a great way to start that campaign. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that this is going to be a difficult game. I think Porto is going to set up to make this difficult on Milan, and they're going to hit on the break. I think that um, I, I, that's at least the way I see it. I think that Milan are going to go there and win. I, I, I like their chances. I think they win 2-1. Um, I think we get a combination of Tonali and Benacer because we got Kessie suspended. 
Um, By the way, Benacer was fantastic against Hellas, in my opinion. That's oh uh, yeah, yeah, sidebar. yeah. We 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 left that out. Um, so I think they can go there and they can get the job done. Uh, it's a matter of, you know, this is we've talked about how we've talked about Sandro Tonali's in, uh, development so far throughout the season. This is the game where we he, Milan fans really need him to shine. Um, so I think that, um, and I think that he can do it. I think that, okay, they've had that game with Tatra Sanu now. The issues weren't because of Tatra Sanu. Okay, they can they, they can close some of that up. They're going to have a chance. I'm going to go two one to Milan. I think that they win this game. I think that they get themselves third in the group. Um, you know, hopefully some kind of favorable result uh, that can help help get them in position to get. Uh, you know, into second place in the group by match day four. Would you want to see Milan in Europa League if that was their only option? I, I say no. I want to see him out because I want to focus on Scudetto if that's between the two options. Well, that's why I picked Milan for the Scudetto. I picked them under the premise that they would finish fourth in the group. And that would be a very, very yep, similar path to Inter. So, um, uh, so that's you know, to what Inter did to winning the title, where it's okay, that's out, Europe's out of the way. We can just be all in on winning this title. Um, so, and that's what I think will happen. Inter against Sheriff. Uh, a couple, you know, back when this draw came out, we could probably take a look at this and we could sit there and say, well, uh, six points for Inter are going to be against those six points. If Inter are going to get six points, they're going to get them against Sheriff. Uh, Sheriff is not going to get pushed around. Ask Real Madrid. Ask Carlo Ancelotti how that went for them. Um, yeah. Wow. You know they are uh, they are the uh, darlings right now of this competition. After beating Shakhtar Donetsk uh, at home and then beating Real Madrid on the road two one. Uh, at some point. As much as we love a good story and as much as we love what we've probably seen from Sheriff, this has to normalize. And I it think does. that I and I think that Inter get right here. I'm going 2-0 to Inter. I think it's gonna be ugly. I think Sheriff is gonna I, I think Sheriff's gonna come at them and I think that they're going to make this a game. But I think that Latauro plays all game, and I think that he's a big, big part of what they do here. Um and uh, I, I go for Inter to win this game. I think that they get three points. They get their campaign up and running. What was the score you said? 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil. Two nil. Uh, I agree. I think it's going to be a tight game. Uh, Sheriff are probably riding high off of that Real Madrid win. Um, and the question... If if the if the result had been different against Real Madrid, I think Inter could easily overlook them and it would have been a draw in this game. Maybe, maybe lost. But I think... Sheriff beating Real Madrid has opened the eyes of Inter. They're going to take this game much more seriously than they would have previously, uh, especially for Inzaghi. So I do think it's going to be a tight game. I agree with you. I do think their Cinderella run is going to have to come to an end at some point because how can it not? It just, uh, it's incredible highs. You, you cannot sustain that for a team of that level. Um, so I'm going to say Inter scraped by just so 2-1. to one. Uh, It's going to be very difficult. Uh, but I agree for the points that you made. I think Lataro and some of the players they have, they have more depth, obviously. Um, and it's going to be at the San Siro or Giuseppe Miazza if, you wanna, if you're an Inter fan. Um, so, go ahead. I want to hit his uh, Hamza's point. Sheriff are not a bad team. Actually, they move the ball well and are pressing monsters. I agree with that. And that's what I get from what I'm watching. But 
I if you press and if you stretch against Inter, Inter are have- much that back three is yeah. much more and it, it takes Grigny out of the picture. Devray and Bastoni are very technical. Yeah. And can hit the long pass. So if you extend yourself and you get caught doing so and you're leaving Lotaro and, and Jekko in situations where the numbers are even, DeVry's got that in his locker where he can hit that pass and, and beat the press over the top. Even so, walking Korea. Yeah. Or even walking Korea, yes. So yeah, so Sheriff is going to go and they're going to stick to their guns and they're going to play that game. But I can see an environment or I can see a scenario where they get beat over the top by a DeVry pass or by even a Bastoni pass directly into the forwards uh, that can score. So that's where I see the Inter win. Uncle Sharma says if Inter don't beat Sheriff, we don't deserve to go through the knockouts. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. You, you know don't the big story is going to be between the two Milanese Milanese clubs are who who goes through and who doesn't. Uh, right. And, and you know Inter don't want to be the team that doesn't go through. Uh, oh, Calcio Twitter. Twitter is going to have a field Calcio day. Calcio Twitter is going to have a field day. <laughs> They're going to have it no matter what, but. No doubt about it. So, all right. So then, that takes us to Wednesday's games. Uh, and let's jump into that. That's on Wednesday, the 20th, Big right? Game. Big game on Wednesday. Atalanta head to Old Trafford uh, and take yeah. on a reeling Manchester United side, uh, fresh off a 4-2 defeat uh, to um, uh, Leicester City. Atalanta topped this group currently on four points. Young boys, another surprise package in this tournament. Uh, with a win and a draw, Atalanta were able to beat them um, in Bergamo. Uh, now they go to Old Trafford. And uh, big-time game here. Um, I think that United are reeling. I think this is going to be a 2-2 draw. I think this is going to be a very entertaining game. I think there's going to be chances on both ends. This might be one of the most exciting most exciting and entertaining matches of the group stage. At least I'm anticipating that. Um, and I'll go with a 2-2 draw here. I think that Atalanta will get a point. They won't be bothered by it. The game is at Old Trafford? Yep. Yeah, it's... Um, United are not playing well at the moment. They're not playing to the level that they want to play at the moment. Right. right? Liverpool is a different story, right? But we saw the game against Leicester City. Leicester is a very good team. You know, Ask Napoli, they played them recently. Um, I think Atalanta are going to go into this trying to get all three points. Um, a draw, they'll be super happy with a score draw uh, going to Old Trafford. But I think, um, and I, I really hope in terms of United that Triori starts against his own team, the former team. That would be an interesting storyline as well. Uh, we saw what Triori did against Milan last year in the Champions League or in Europa League. Uh, is it Triori or is it Di- it's Diallo? Diallo Traore, isn't it? Uh, I'm a Diallo. Yeah, I'm a Diallo. Scared me. Yeah, yeah. We got lots um, of Diallos and Traores. I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah. I can't keep track. <laughs> <laughs> but um, point aside is that I think Atalanta are going to go at this. I mean, it doesn't matter who they put out there because they still have, you know, if Muriel starts in, in, a, in the league, then Zapata starts. We saw Zapata start in Muriel. Actually, I think they both started in this one. But um, it doesn't matter who plays for Atalanta. They're going to be competitive. And it's going to make it difficult for United. But we know United is can be difficult in Champions League as well. Um, it's going to go back and forth. A score draw seems to be the favorable option. But I'm going to go with 
Atalanta stealing three points. Um, it's been a difficult okay. group for United so far. Obviously, young boys, and you know, we, we this is this is a group that's much more difficult than they thought originally. Uh, but I think, yeah, I'm gonna say something like um two one. I'm gonna say two one for Atalanta. Okay, so you got two one to Atalanta. I've got a two two draw there. We both think Inter are gonna win. We both think Milan are gonna win. <sighs> I say score draw for Milan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Both teams. Oh, for, for both that, yeah, Milan game. For Milan, for Milan game, yes. Score Milan Porto. You got you got Inter beating Sheriff. Yes, two one. Okay. And we're not being disrespectful to Sheriff. We just think that things will normalize. So, Juve traveled to Zenit. Um, it's a interesting game. Juve have six points. They top the group. Uh, a win here, and, and they put a they make a huge step. Uh, toward the round of 16, and I fully expect a game very similar to what we just saw today against Roma. I think they go there, they go to Russia, they get resourceful. I think they'll score more goals. I think they win 2-0. It's a Zenit team when you think about them. They've got Zuba uh, up front who will score the goals. Uh, This Sutormin, uh, who plays as a wingback for Zenit, plays as a fullback for his country for Russia is decent. Uh, they've got some other players that could probably ask you some questions, but when I look at them and I look at how Juventus can organize and just cancel the team out, I don't know who the Zenit player is that's supposed to unlock this Juve team. And that's where I'm going with Juve to win this game 2-0. I think their skill will take over. I think that Freddie Church has a goal, um, gets right in this game because I don't. I just don't think Zenit has anybody that can deal with him. Um, and then I think the goal, the second goal is going to be weird. It's going to come from somewhere that we don't expect, but two nil to Juve. Yeah. Um, Juve need to take this game seriously. Zenit, um, while they're not the Zenit of the past with our Chauvin and all the names that they had previously, they're, they still top the top their, their league in, in the Russian premier league. Um, so there's a, there's a triumvirate of, of people, of players they should be wary of. Um, obviously, uh, Zuba is obviously one that we, we know from, from the Russian national team, um, Irokin and as well as, um, uh, Asmon, uh, all three of them have five goals or they're co-leaders of the, of the Russian premier league right now in terms of goals. So they can get goals in not just one person. They have, they have, they have different areas. They can score goals. Will they get the start in those games? That'll be interesting to see. Um, I still think Juventus are going to win this. Uh, Allegri has found something with Juventus as of late. We obviously saw with what they did against Chelsea. If they weren't able to beat Zenit after beating Chelsea, I think it would be a big travesty, a big setback for for Juventus. And I don't see that. Um, I very much see a very Allegri-like game, no matter who they start. Uh, And I'm with you. 2-0 for Juventus. I think Allegri's going to do what he's going to do is shut up shop. He's going to know who the danger men are for for Zenit and um, make sure he plays to Juventus' strengths. And they're going to find a way to win, whether it's Morata starting or or Moise Kane or whomever. Um, I think Juventus get the job done. Okay. So that's our Champions League quick Europa League. Napoli will host Legia Warsaw right now in Group C. Napoli sit on one point with Leicester. Legia have six, Spartak Moscow three. Uh, Lazio uh, in second in there in Group E on three points will host Marseille, who's on two points. Galatasaray lead that group on four points on the strength of Thomas Strakosha making a complete ass of himself in Istanbul. Um, I'm getting my pen. Uh, I 
think that uh, I, I, I'm conflicted on trying to say that either of these teams are going to win because I look at Lazio. Marseille has Marseille can provide a lot of problems going forward. Dimitri Payet, chief among them. Um, yep. And then when I look at Napoli, yeah, they're hosting Legia Warsaw. When you take a look at it on paper, it's a win for Napoli. But these two games, they they showed great courage and fight back to get the two two draw against Leicester. They had every opportunity to beat Spartak Moscow and didn't. I'm really conflicted about Napoli's intentions in this Europa League and wonder if they really are going to beat Legia Warsaw. But I'm gonna just go. I'm just gonna make this prediction based on what I see on paper, and I am going with Napoli to win. Uh, I don't think it'll be dominant. I think they're going to win in the neighborhood of 2-1. And then Lazio, I think that's going to be a score draw. I'm going to go 1-1 there. While I talk about both these two games, check your uh, battery life because your your sound's trying to go in and out. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, It's getting low. um, So, yeah, Uh, first off with the – You talk. I'll be right back. I'll talk. So with Napoli against uh, Marseille, or excuse me, Napoli against Legia Versa, if this was in Legia Versa's home, it'd be a difficult game, I think. Um, they're very difficult at home. Their home crowd is fantastic. Say what you want about their politics, but they're very. it's a very daunting place to play. But they're not playing there. They're playing in Napoli. And so I think Napoli, no matter who they start with, their A line, B line, whatever, Napoli should be able to take the three points in this game. Um, I have full confidence in the way Spalletti plays. It's not going to be a uh, 4-0 type of game or anything like that. It'll be much closer than, the, than Napoli fans want, but I think Napoli should be able to walk away with the three points in this game. Uh, I'm looking for something in the scoreline of maybe, I don't know, 2-1, 3-1 maybe for Napoli, I think. Um, it's going to be hard. As Hamza mentioned, it, it's a, they're, a, they're a physical team, and they tend to struggle against those teams, but I, I think they find ways. If they can get an early goal, they can really get the ball rolling. Now, the big game is Lazio against Marseille. Marseille, excuse me. Uh, that's going to be a difficult game. Someone mentioned in the chat, it's uh, Sampaoli against Sadi. It's going to be an entertaining game. If you're a neutral, watch this game. Talent on both sides of the pitch. Um, I really like Lazio most of the time, but I like Marseille as well. They're, they're a very yeah. good team. And for those who want to sleep on Marseille, you're very mistaken. This is a good team with a lot of good players. Payette was mentioned. They got a lot of good players on their team. So this is going to be – I think if not, uh, excuse me, if Lazio walk away with a draw, it's a good result. I think this Marseille team is good uh, despite their form in, in Ligue 1. Um, I'm going to say, just to be the homer, I'm going to say a score draw for Lazio. But uh, I'm not so sure. I, I, Marseille is very dangerous. Uh, but I'm going to, as a homer pick, I'm going Lazio with a draw and score draw on this one. Okay. All right. And you, and, and what do you have for Napoli? You had them winning? Napoli winning uh, two either two nothing three one something like that. Uh, you know okay. they do struggle against teams, but they're at home, so they should have the advantage. If they're playing in in Legia versus home, it'd be a different story because uh, that's gotcha. a very daunting place to play. But I, I see Napoli win. And then Roma is going to beat whoever they play uh, yes. in the Conference League. So yes. we don't know who they're playing. We know they're playing. <laughs> we just don't know who. So show you the dedication we have for the uh, Conference League. So just about as much dedication as we have to the Nations League. So, all right. So those were uh, that is those are our predictions and for what you can expect for Europe this week. Let's move on to the world's most famous hashtag game. Who won? Calcio Twitter. Richard, lead us off. 
All right, we have to go back because we had the international break. So, but uh, starting things off, we have to go back all the way to October fourth. Uh, so this is uh, this comes from uh, at the Soka Warrior and says when VAR calls the goal off sides and this guy doing his. Uh, <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Falls flat on his face. <laughs> we got a leader in the clubhouse early on. Now, so does, uh, Soka, does a soccer warrior get that, or does uh, at Unlucky Foot he get that? I, because he uh, – both. They should get a co-sponsor if they were to win. I think it's a, it's a share, that, this one. <laughs> okay, that's that's the clear leader in the club, clubhouse. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on at FCIM comps, uh, Hakan Chalhanolu twenty one twenty two so far. The Turkish Snyder, <laughs> and it is a two seventeen second clip of Hakan doing nothing. And we've got the Titanic music, Titanic music. which is even great, which is even per- even better. As he misses everything. <laughs> <laughs> somebody actually spent somebody actually spent time in their life to put together two minutes and seventeen seconds. No, this is a redo. miss passes. Yeah, someone. This is a replay. Someone did this earlier in the season, but it's still just as good. I mean, he was doing what he thought he was going to do. Outstanding. <laughs> New leader in the clubhouse, nonetheless. Jeez. Oh my goodness. Okay, All we've right. we've got two strong ones right off the bat. I like it. Yeah, yeah. All right, next one coming in comes from Di Marzio and says, uh, so during the whole international break, there was this whole thing where Facebook was down, Instagram, all these things were down. The whole world was on set on fire. So Di Marzio came out and said, Facebook has passed its medicals. And they just I like that. Instagram too. So it was pretty funny. Funny by Di Marzio. Funny by Di Marzio. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, our friend Jerry Mancini at J Mancini eight Twitter down. WhatsApp is down. Facebook down. Instagram down. Who's in charge? <laughs> Swing. Uh, good one, Jerry. Good. You want good one, Jerry. All right. Sorry. Uh, checking the chat there. All right. Next one coming in. This one comes from, uh, Satunyon. It says Atalata's second goal versus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just... all you have to know about that goal. It was very similar to this. <laughs> Slapped him in the face. <laughs> These are good ones this week. Oh, oh my man. goodness. Okay, so uh, Matteo Bonetti at Bonetti. Um, in reaction to uh, the fan reaction that our friend uh, Cliff gave on Torino Juventus, I just realized now I wasn't wearing a Juve kit and it looks like a Torino kit. And Matteo said, wow, this isn't true. You showed me this Torino kit. It's a game-worn Thomas Rincon. <laughs> burn! Yeah. Oh, burn. And before we move on, I want to thank Cliff Asmoyal, Joe Fischetti. Uh, and for this week, uh, Anthony Privatera. Uh, who else? Uh, Sean McIntosh, uh, Wayne Gerard, And yep. who am I missing? I'm missing one other. Uh, it'll come to me before the end. But thank you all for... Uh, Oh, Joe Cappuccino uh, for the Juventus. All for your your takes, your reactions for this week. Uh, but thank you for that. We'll get more to that at the end. Moving on. All right. Uh, let's Roman Yesta. Roman Yesta. Yes. It says, I uh, can't believe it took Monsieur uh, Mike Mignon just nine games to surpass Donnarumma's legacy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Uh, our friend Milano Miguel uh, passing along this one at Faso Belly Fan replying to Milan at replying to at Milan posts. Uh, Milan posts were asking, do you agree with the whistle towards Donnarumma during an important match with Italy? 
Calabria watching Donnarumma getting booed. Uh, it's a gif of Thierry Henry. I love this like, gif. I love this. Trying gif. to laugh. <laughs> oh yeah, and for those and who don't way, know what we're talking about, go ahead. By the way, and because we didn't talk about that, I, I I have no problem with the fan reaction toward Jim Luigi Donnarumma. Now listen. Yep. And, and, and for people out there that are going to get upset with me saying this or upset with people talking like that, look, it has – okay, if he left on good terms, okay, I, I don't think there would have been a problem here. But he was not a man about this, okay? He hid behind his agent, and that's what, that's what everybody has a problem with. And you're going to have a game in Milan, and you're going to have him be the starting goalkeeper for the Italian national team, and – because let's face it, I don't know when Milan are going to get to play PSG with Donnarumma in goal. So this was Milan fans' chance. And for those and, who don't remember, Maldini, who is a legend, was scolded by the Curva Sud because uh, of all the stuff that was going on there because the comments he made. So if you didn't think Maldini was going to get uh, if you didn't think Donnarumma was going to get scolded after what happened to Maldini, you are yeah. mistaken. Yeah, for sure. They don't hold back. For sure, they don't. And I'm with you. I agree back. with it. Everything. So whatever. Yeah, I've got no problem. I've got no problem with it. So, moving on. It looks like Saturnion is uh, is, is on the board back. again. He says uh, Federico Federico Chiesa is what Juventus fans thought Ronaldo was going to be. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. All right, uh, at Napoleonismo. He's back. Uh, given to us by uh, our friend uh, uh, Je- uh, Gian- Gianni Delicoli. I'm sorry, Johnny. Uh, one of our friends at the Calcio guys. Uh, Newcastle, Mohammed bin Salman, City, Mansour bin Zayed bin Sultan bin Zayed bin Khalifa al Nayan, often referred to as Sheikh Mansour. Uh, PSG, Sheikh Tamim bin Hamad al Thani, uh, Juve, uh, Allegri in a subway. <laughs> Not Allegri, up. I'm sorry, Agnelli in a Agnelli, subway. Agnelli, Agnelli, Agnelli. Nice job of the pronunciations, by the way. <laughs> I- I can pronounce it. it I, I don't speak them fluently. So. Oh, so this one, you mentioned Gianni. Gianni, this one gets a credit on this one. He shared this from Instagram. Uh, saw this on Instagram and said he had to share it because it's hilarious. All right, so it's uh, so what, basically what it is, it's talking about Squid Game, which I didn't realize until he posted this what it was, but it said uh, <laughs> on the second stage of Squid Game, the participants had to run down Napoli uh, screaming, uh, the Spanish quarter screaming, Forza Juve. <laughs> don't want to do <laughs> Well played. Uh, nice, nice. <laughs> well played. At Masolinismo, uh, it's Gianluigi Donnarumma with a tattoo of Mino Raiola. <laughs> so the original picture was of this with the AC Milan logo there, which I don't buy. I thought it was Photoshop. But yeah, this one is even better. With <laughs> Raiola's face is a tattoo. Uh, okay, okay. Let's see. What is next? This one comes from Reta This Way. Our, our buddies over the, at the, um, the Calcio podcast over there says, uh, Ronaldo says, you smell like weed to Dybala. Dybala says, I am weed. And then Ronaldo kisses him. <laughs> oh, aye, my. Aye. I don't know what I'm looking at. Anyway. All right. Let's see. At Calcio Podcast. Uh, yo, Instagram, for your information, shot stoppers isn't an anti-vax term. I'll speed eight out here, preventing the people of Napoli from getting the jab. <laughs> At the bottom of the Instagram post, COVID jumped in and says, "Visit the COVID nineteen information center." It's like that's not what we're talking about. Not that kind of shot. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> All right, uh, the Calcio guys letting us know what Venezia FC. Venezia get involved and says, uh, 
So the original post was, uh, let's see. <laughs> so Venezia put it, the original tweet was Venezia with a pre-order and a home and away kit. Da, 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 da. Our friends at Calcio Podcast says, F off, bro. Ain't nobody care about your relegation bound ass in Seoul. And Venezia says, aha, look at all the people in Seoul with the jerseys. Or two people, oh, one person. <laughs> nice job. They're watching. Venezia's watching. Throwing it back. what you say. <laughs> Throwing it right back. We like yeah. it. Okay, uh, Sampdoria English. Another reference to Squid Game here. Yep. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to understand this. Uh, so this main character opens up something or another, and it's a picture of Sampdoria's logo. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, nice try, try Sampdoria English. Nice try. Nice try. Okay. I guess if we were a big Squid Squid Game or whatever the game's called, big fans of it, we would like it more, but uh, you're not, so yep, you tried. You tried. All right. Let's see what else we got next. Uh, all right. Joe Cello has his nomination. And this one comes from at Seba H. Garcia says, synchronized shit housery. And what it was is after the uh, the uh, save. Oh, who scored this? Oh, I don't remember what happened anymore in the video. Oh, my God. Yeah, they, they get rid of the video. video. It was two players in unison jumping up to laughing at somebody who also missed a penalty. Uh, I forget what it was now, but uh, it was during the international break. Hmm. Ah. Sorry, Joe. I forgot the video. But we'll just move it on. All right. At Yanimal1981, Lazio is playing like they don't want to hurt the old guy in nets. This is when uh, Inter was up one nothing, and they weren't really getting anything on net at that point. But then things turned around. Hmm. Things turned around. All right. Next one comes in. So uh, Sabrina says, uh, I wasn't kidding. Uh, she's going to buy a jersey after... Uh, after the Diaz news that he got, you know, he got the, I forget the news was for, but Diaz, but she says it worked. Won't hear a word against it. So she said she'd buy a Diaz jersey if he got resigned or something like that. And he, man, he got it. So she got the jersey. Looks nice. Very nice. Very All nice. right. Uh, <laughs> Luis Felipe with the Who Won Culture Twitter at Mo Salhan, most disrespectful goal celebration in history. Of course, Luis Felipe <laughs> jumping on Joaquin Correa. <laughs> Oh, poor Joaquin, poor Joaquin. Let's see. Next one comes in, says, uh, so this is from Paris Snitch. Paris Snitch is in the crowd. So IFTV said Napoli just released a special edition Halloween kit. And Paris Snitch says, damn, they made a kit in honor of their dusty <laughs> <protein jacket." laughs> Zing. <laughs> Low-hanging nice. fruit, though, for someone of Paris Snitch's uh, uh, caliber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, at Chiro854. Uh, Verat, Verat Merici's sideline presence was too much for Inter to handle. Merici, the real hero for Lazio. <laughs> okay. uh, I may know who that is, but I won't comment. Um, and, and then uh, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, we didn't get anybody really that wanted to. We were trying to get more captions for the Luis Felipe celebration. No takers. I guess Gianni said your boss to you when you have to go in on a day off. <laughs> <laughs> so, All like, right. just. You want to strangle them. Yep. Right, oh, man. We got to go back to one of these first two, I think. Yes. Yes. Um, Either the Turkish Schneider or when VAR calls the goal offside. I'm going to go with the VAR one just because the Hakan one was played before, but it was so funny. That was a very funny one. But I think this is a co-winner between the Soka Warrior for his caption and then the unfortunate football moments for the video. Now, who do we oh. give the credit to? I think we got to give it to the uh, unlucky footy. Yeah. Um, 
Oh no, no, yeah, we no, no. I think we give it to the Soccer Warrior. Okay, yeah, let's do yeah. that. We'll give it to Soccer Warrior. Okay, Soccer Warrior. Okay, congrats. All right, the Soccer <laughs> Warrior getting his first win. Hamza says Marichi is Jesus. <laughs> oh, Sabrina says I removed the Malakia. Okay, okay, Malakia. Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> Misinformation for COVID-19. <laughs> Is that the oh, uh, Twitter comments? Is that yeah, our comments right now yeah, yeah, in the yeah. chat? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So we got we got a winner this week. A, a, a United winner. United winner. Oh, all right. Unanimous winner, I should say. And I think that's the uh, first time we have gotten a winner out of uh, Trinidad and Tobago. I know VJ Rock VJ Rockman is. Uh, yeah. So. Oh, but anyway, but yeah, big winner there. I think that was the that 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 one set the tone, and I think the rest of them were all just kind of like, by comparison, they were decent, but not getting up to that, getting up to that quality. Those first two just knocked yeah. out of the park. Yeah, the rest of them had a hard time living up to it. So that's where we're gonna yeah. go. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. With that, I think we're gonna put a bow on this edition of City. I sit down, Richard. Uh, anything you want to plug shamelessly? Yes. Uh, well, first, I want to thank the Calcha Connection for having me on during the international break. So, thank you, gentlemen, for having me on there to talk a little Azuri and and City. Uh, but I also want to plug the uh, fan reaction cam thing. We got fan cam thing we got going on. Uh, so every big game of the weekend, we're asking fans yes. to give their reactions. We've had some great interactions so far. So uh, the first week we did it was before the international break with Cliff Esmoyal, Joe Fischetti. Uh, they give their reactions for their uh, Napoli game and Juventus game, uh, respectively. This week, we got Joe Cappuccino for Juventus, uh, Sean McIntosh for Lazio. We got Wayne Gerard for Roma. And uh, for Inter, we got Anthony Privetra from uh, Inter Worldwide. Give all six of those gentlemen a follow. We're trying to uh, promote all the creators around and just fans in general. So thank you all. Watch for those reactions coming up very soon. Uh, but yeah, follow them. Thank you, gentlemen. And you can always follow me right there at our underscore Carmen. Wonderful. You can follow me at FTC underscore 21. And I echo Richard's sentiments about the uh, fan reactions. That's a new thing that we're uh, we're coming out with. And uh, give all of them a follow. And we appreciate everyone's heart hard work jumping in and giving their take uh and jumping on and you know if nobody else wants to bring this calcio uh twitter and calcio uh community together we will so uh excellent idea i shall say richard and just and just so everyone knows it's videos under under five minutes uh just on your phone or whatever just talk about your games and we if you want to be involved please send us a dm but yeah follow those we can we can never have jerry do any of these (laughs) so and 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 probably not Zio either. But uh, <laughs> hi guys. <laughs> um, all right. Um, Seria, sit down. Uh, we are uh, we have our own channel on Apple Podcasts. We have our own channel on SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there are podcasts. There is Seria, sit down. Um, we are at Seria, sit down on Twitter and Instagram. Check us out there. We're also on Facebook. Um, if you want to do all the Oli Oxen free, we're talking about, uh, fans of the city. I sit down that do reactions, uh, that, that do a video reaction to their yes. team's performance, uh, from the weekend's game. So, uh, and I will piggyback what Richard's saying. If you are a fan of a team, you're listening to us on city. I sit down, you're interested in doing a video. We love to, uh, welcome it. Shoot us a message at city. I sit down on Twitter. Tell us who you support. 
and uh, maybe we can make that happen. So yeah, you um, take your phone, turn it sideways, and shoot a video yourself under five minute reaction of your team's game, uh, and we're gonna post it. We're gonna we want to get these live reactions of the fans because that's the most important, right? The fan reaction. Yep. We're fans, your fans. We want to get that. You know, celebrate the uh, culture, bringing the community together. And Hamza, we will absolutely check out Rockfin, see what that is, and uh, share our videos. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. Um, so you've got all the socials, you've got us, chat. Great to uh, have you all with us, and uh, thank you for chiming in. Thank you for your talking points. They were excellent, as always. Um, and uh, do be on the lookout for us when we are back at you next week, uh, probably at the uh, normal evening time. Um, Richard, good luck to your Braves uh, as they continue to navigate uh, through the National League. And um, NBA starts this week, so go Bucks. So. Um, I know a few people going to see the, uh, the ring presentation and the banner getting put up on Tuesday night. I, I will not be going, but anyway, um, I just, I had to get some kind of Milwaukee sports feel good. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, thank you all for taking the time to listen to us. We certainly appreciate it. And for Richard, I'm Frank as always, make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.